Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our podcast here at Redmond Presbyterian Church. My name is Austin Ashenbrenner, and I'm so glad that you continue to join us week after week as we keep exploring what it is that God is doing in our midst and in our community. And I know I say this virtually every week, and so if it sounds a little cheesy, I apologize, but um, you're in for a treat this week. I'm excited uh, that you get to hear this particular conversation that I'm about to have with our friends from the Redmond for the Break Food Box program. If you've been around RPC much for the past couple years, you know that this has been a real bright spot, a real ray of sunshine in the work that we've been able to do as a church and a community uh, throughout the pandemic. And we are grateful uh, that we get to ask questions with this group about what happens when we draw close to those uh, that we seek to help and what do we learn and what happens to us in that process. Uh, All incredible stuff. Quick note, we recorded this episode earlier this summer before we had an amazing picnic with many families from our community who are recipients of these food boxes that we make each month. Um, And to call that picnic event uh, a huge success and a great time would be uh, a a gross understatement. It was incredible. Uh, So we don't talk much about that in this episode, but know that that is, is a part of the work that we've done together as well. I hope that you enjoy this conversation and and you learn a lot as we continue to explore what God is doing. Thanks again. Welcome back, everybody, to our podcast here in process at Redmond Presbyterian Church. We are grateful that you are joining us uh, yet again. Today, we have uh, the pleasure and the privilege of being joined by uh, the folks from the Redmond Food Box Program, the Redmond for the Breaks. Redmond School Break Food Box Program. See, I knew I was going to get it wrong. But the Redmond School Break Food Box Program, which you might uh, know if you're from RPC as uh, that thing that's happening in our fellowship hall, which is where we're sitting right now. So uh, the place that we're going to celebrate today is the fact that we're sitting uh, in the RPC Fellowship Hall surrounded by uh, food that's getting ready for... Uh, the next di- distribution, which is in September. September, that's right. So we're taking a break for August and getting ready for September. But um, so this is this wonderful program, and I'm going to ask uh, our friends here to explain it a little bit more uh, for us. But uh, here, here at RPC, we know that this is something that that we've been participating in for for a number of years, but really more intensively uh, since the pandemic, uh, for this for the exact reason that that the, the need uh, kicked up uh, or ticked upwards. And so, um, Kareen and Sandy and Kristen, welcome. We're glad that you guys are here. Uh, Kristen, I, I, maybe you could just introduce yourself for those of us at RPC who, who haven't met you. And then, yeah, give us kind of the nutshell version of uh, what I just kind of tried to do poorly, which is uh, what is the For the Break Food Box Program and, and, and what's what, it, what has it been doing in the last couple of years. Yeah. Thank you, Austin, for inviting us to be here today. Uh, yeah. So for your listeners who may be first hearing or learning about this program, the Redmond School Break Food Box Program distributes supplemental food boxes to about 170 Redmond families. And these families came to us through staff at Lake Washington School District. So for the most part, these Families are eligible for free and reduced lunches at um, in the schools, and we since 
March of 2020, we have been providing these boxes every month, taking August off. Before the pandemic hit, we were just providing the boxes during or just before school breaks, mm. which is why our name is the Redmond School Break Food Box Program, mm-hmm. in case you're wondering, yeah. because we used to do the boxes just at Thanksgiving, Christmas, sometimes midwinter, and spring breaks um, to help those families get through that break time when, when kids were not getting lunches at school. So that's, that's what we're doing. And the most important thing about the program, I think, is we're trying to provide the kinds of foods that can be uh, customized to meet families' cultural preferences. Mm. So we're not doing Kraft macaroni and cheese, rice that kind of stuff. We started the program that way back in, what was it, 2014, I think. Um, but then we, we realized after doing some surveys for our families that um, they, they liked fresh vegetables and fruits and so we always give a full grocery bag of fresh vegetables and fruits Mm -hmm. along with pantry items like garbanzo beans diced tomatoes some canned fruits and vegetables things that they can go their pantry to uh, pull out and just put in a pot and um, spice it up however they want Mm -hmm. that's great yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, the other two of you, Sandy and Kareen, could you guys introduce yourselves and just tell us a little bit about your uh, specific involvement with the, the For the Break Food Box program, kind of what you do and all those things? Well, I'm Sandy Palmquist, and I am the volunteer coordinator and the church representative. So yeah. I'm the person who gets all the bodies into the church to help put the food boxes together. That's exactly. Those of you at RPC will know Sandy and her voice well. And, and yeah, when I remember when I was first introduced to you, it was, uh, this is Sandy. She's the one that gets stuff done. Like if you want to want to want to make stuff happen. So thank she's you. She's very good at getting back to people in emails. That's true. Yes. Well, thank you for, for being here as well. And, I'm glad I could be here. Yeah. Kareem. And um, I'm Kareem Busby. And my part of this um, deal is I'm the purchaser of the food, which I buy in bulk. And I'm also the finance person, so I'm the one that makes sure we are stay within budget because Kristen likes to spend money because she wants to give more um, healthier foods to folks, and I'm the one holding it back so we have money for the next month. So, you know, I'm the gatekeeper in that department. Wonderful. All, all important things. Well, again, thank you to the three of you. I know you have... Uh, a larger team uh, around the, the food box program. And so thank you to all of those folks for their ongoing work. But um, we wanted to, to invite you guys to come and, and, and chat with us and, and uh, share this conversation with our larger community, mostly because um, a couple reasons. We, we are thrilled that it's something that as a church we've been able to say yes to and, and have, have this space and are able to participate on a monthly basis. I know there's a, a group of people who regularly on uh, one Sunday a month come in here after church and, and get excited about building all the boxes. Um, and so we, we, we see this work happening kind of from a distance. And so I wanted folks to get to see it a bit closer and to hear from you guys a little bit about uh, what you're learning and what you're experiencing as you uh, support these families. Um, and, and, and one of the, the themes throughout this podcast has been the question around community and what we're learning about community and belonging, uh, especially as we uh, 
navigate the the pandemic and, and hopefully emerge from uh, the pandemic. And so I'm curious to know, I want to start us down that path of kind of what we're learning about community. One of the things I've always loved about this program and this work that you guys do about food, uh, Redner Presbyterian feels strongly about uh, food and serving people food and, and um making sure that people have enough food. Food we know is a, is a justice issue. But the one thing I read once that has always stuck out in my head, and, and I think you guys do this incredibly well, is um, handing somebody a plate of food or, or giving somebody food is one of the most clear ways to tell someone uh, that you love them. And, and, and I thought about that. Uh, further because the person then went on to say, because uh, when you hand someone healthy food or food at all, you're saying, uh, I, I want you to be healthy. I want you to live, right? Food is is essential for that. Um, and so it is this very clear expression of love and loving one's neighbor. And so you guys do that each and every month. Um, you do that more, I know, through the uh, Open Table and, and other programs around our, our city. But as you guys have done that work of, of loving our neighbors, of providing this food, of, of finding the right sales and making the dollars stretch and all those things, I'm wondering, what are you learning about community and connection and, and these families that you're supporting? What are you learning about um, our community, you know, volunteers that are surrounding this ministry and this work? Anything's fair game. I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking now, but I'm curious to know what, what you guys are learning about the, the process of community and belonging. Kristen, would you like to jump in? Sure. So when I was growing up, my mom directed the church choir at La Cunyana United Methodist Church. And one of the songs that I remember the choir singing was called No Man is an Island. Hmm. And I would change that now to No Human is an Island. Um, but uh, I think one of the most powerful things I've learned is that no one person, no one entity can do it alone. And I have been so grateful and amazed at the way that our churches, Redmond Presbyterian, Reverend I Methodist, and some other churches in the area have also been participating in, in smaller ways, but important ways, um, how we are better together and we can do more together. So it's been really fun to to get to know your community. And even last Sunday when, when we had the, the mayor and state senator at our church to have your church come down, like we can do great power things together. Yeah. But then it's not just our churches. Then it's it's all the organizations that we have either reached out to or they have reached out to us. So the Kiwanis Club, the uh, Essentials First, um, Giving Hope or Giving uh, Convoy of Hope, Convoy hope. over the years. Mm. Um, some of the, the Microsoft teams that want to come and help. Uh, giving Hope, that's another one. Giving Hope. Mm. It's just like every, every group that, that reaches out to us, it, it just makes us all the more powerful. Yeah. And so I think an engaged community really can can do well, a lot of great things. Cool. And so I think that that's, um, that's been really exciting to see. So it sounds like one of the things we're learning is that uh, there is a great deal of interest and excitement around this kind of work, that you're kind of this uh, gravitational pull. People are kind of being drawn in or, or coming around this. 
Uh, I love that reminder that that uh, we are not an island. We are uh, more powerful together. Anything you're learning about? Um, I'm curious. You know, the the, the folks who receive these food boxes um, as a as a congregation, we don't interact with them personally too much. Um, I'm curious to know what you're learning about um, those folks as they uh, continue to benefit from from this food as they continue to navigate the the challenges of the pandemic and life after that and and just the challenges of uh, rising cost of living and all of those things in our community anything that you're learning about um, that community and, and and their their particular needs at this time well there was one I'm the face on Facebook ah. and somebody sent me a message a private message and it's the end of the month. And I told Kristen, I I said, yes. <laughs> I met her down here. She was very grateful. And I believe within 24 hours, she turned around saying, I want to help by, can I deliver boxes too as my way of getting back? <laughs> and I believe since then, she has been officially on the list, but she has also been one of our drivers. So I think the families like to give back. <laughs> and this is a one small way they can. And I know we've done good. She's done a great job of helping. And I think she's recruited a couple other folks as well, I believe. That's great. That's one of the things I actually kind of miss about my portions. I really don't have any contact with the families at all, but I'm enjoying getting to know the volunteers and finding ways to help people work more. So I get a, a different angle of it, but I would like, I wish I had an opportunity to know more. It seems like when we got started, everybody but me had a church, had a school. And so they knew the school families. So um, if it makes you feel better, I did not know anybody. <laughs> oh, okay. All I knew is Kristen saying, will you please open your wallet and maybe use your credit card to get reimbursed monthly. That's all I know. That's, all you know. That's pretty okay. much how it went. I would say I probably have the most contact with the families because I am the sort of the keeper of the, the database. And so I, I will say that there's a whole lot of gratitude hmm. on on the parts of the family, and it is so heartwarming to to get emails that just say, you know, God bless you, thank you, yes, we'll be home, yes, we'd love the box, have a great day, have a good weekend. It's just and and one of the most um, touching ones was was when somebody first. Um, was registered into the program and she got the first box and she texted me and said, I have tears of joy in my eyes right now. I'm going to make the healthiest, most delicious breakfast right now ever. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, it, it was a small, it was a small thing, right? Yeah. To leave, leave food on, on the doorstep, but uh, it really meant a lot to, to her. So um, I, I, what I've appreciated over the years is that the families have come to trust us and because they have trusted us, you know, they are doing the reach outs when they need something a woman um, reached out saying that they needed some feminine products because they've got four women in the family mm -hmm. girls and women in the family um and I, we had people who said you know they've got to be out of town um to go help their their sick parent could you deliver the box maybe on monday mm -hmm. 
And so they, they're, they're asking for those accommodations that they need. And as, as much as we can, we, we try to do that because, you know, we're just, we're just neighbors, supporting neighbors, yeah. all of us, you know, whether we need food or, you know, we need help with babysitting or whatever, this is what we have to do. We just have to take care of our neighbors um, in, in any way that they need it. So that's all. I, you know, one of the things I, I greatly appreciated about the work that you all have done, and I think you just captured in that, you know, we're neighbors helping neighbors uh, comment is, um, you know, I've, I, I've, I've witnessed other uh, types of, of work like this where, hey, we're helping people who are food insecure. Um be a, a little bit more clinical in the sense that we make boxes, we give them to people and it, and everything works out fine. But I've loved how throughout the process, you guys have listened to the recipients. You, as you just said, kind of, oh, there are needs beyond food. Um, or as Kareem, you said earlier, um, what are, what kinds of food are, are culturally uh, relevant, sensitive to these particular families? Um, that's that's an extra step that I think a lot of people might have a different group might have said nope this is what we're offering you know enjoy um, but I think you guys have done a really good job at saying no these are our neighbors these are real people with with you know, real needs and um, and I think that's always the challenge is becoming proximate right like getting next to these people and saying uh, you're not just faceless people on a list that we hand a box to, but you know, you're, you're people who are excited to cook a healthy breakfast and, and, and to care for your families. And I think that's incredible. So my, my question for you guys is, um, what do you hope as you continue doing this work? And, and we don't know exactly what this looks like in the next 12 months, you know, whether it, the, the need starts to subside or increases or, or however that looks, but uh, you guys seem equipped to to handle it, wh- whichever direction it goes. Um, what are you hopeful for as you continue to do that in terms of learning more about these families or the work that you get to do with them? What what sorts of things are you looking forward to? Or maybe looking forward to is the wrong way to say that. Hopeful. Uh, what, what are you anticipating? Well, this, I'm not sure if this is the right way to answer your question. Sandy does all the volunteer work. You're trying to find volunteers. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I'm the face of Facebook. So people know me yeah. because of my posts, bringing the subject matter up. I get yeah. a lot of private messages saying, I have a, my child, three, four, eight years old. I'd like them to learn how to give back. Mm. Um, and that's one thing I've tried to accommodate the most. It's hard for young children to learn how to give back. And I adopted my child when she was four and a half years old. And I learned from a young age, you give back. Be it, I remember being with my grandmother and she was doing one of the Vietnam War packages, putting the Band-Aids in a candy bar or whatever. So it's a kind of different circle around. So I'm now having the community involved and these families are now packing up little granola bars that the kids can buy and they're going to help their neighbors um, who may not be as lucky. And we've had, that's been a great success. Healthy snacks, the kids are involved. I come down here, I meet them explain the program on that age level and hopefully we can expand those young kids as I did when I was a little girl so they too will be productive when they get older so kind of expand yeah we've we've talked about this um, quite a bit about how how can we we grow uh, developing leaders because we need young people to to be doing what we're doing you know in 20 years time or whatever (laughs) you know yeah 
That's great. What's something, just thinking about that, like continuing to, to cultivate young leaders and, and volunteers as Sandy, you, you do well. I'm, you know, we are like, I think you said at the beginning, we, you all have been doing this uh, program for a number of years, five or six years. Mm-hmm. So predating the pandemic, but then really kind of swung into full steam, you know, for almost two plus years now. I'm curious to know if, if you can ever catch your breath and, and look back at, at, you know, take a look at the room around us. What are you, what's something that you're uniquely proud of in the work that you guys have, have gotten to do? Sandy, I wonder if you would share with us something that you get to. I think that it's so grassroots. Huh. You know, we just, <clears throat> Kristen came in and said, you know, Schools are closing down. We've got to change this. We had a week to get it done. We did it, and it's been going ever since. Yeah. And like how, how integral that is to just regular folks reaching out for each other. That's great. And I think it's I part for myself. I think it's the connections we're meeting with the community store owners. We've now having like grocery outlet. They're sponsoring us. They're having a food drive right now for every dollar five dollar you donate. We're going to get half of that to put supplement back to our program. Um, QFC, some of the other stores, they are so supportive. They're giving us good deals. And then we can we expand our buying prop, um, ability mm. with the cash flow coming through. And I think I'm proud of how we are getting that through the community. Yeah. People are willing to open their wallets a little bit more and knowing we're giving them that dozen eggs and a bread every month, even if it's $4.00. We will somehow find the money. Yeah. Yeah. Would you guys do well? I, I think, uh, you know, that was interesting what you just said, Austin. You know, when you have a moment to reflect, just kind of look around and, and like take a moment because it's been such a whirlwind. Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll say to Kareem, oh my gosh, <laughs> can like look at what we're doing? Can you believe what we're doing? And I think probably if I, took a breath and really started thinking about it, uh, it would probably scare me because <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, sometimes you just have to throw yourself in. I seriously, like this whole thing was a total leap of faith because back in March, 2020, I, like, you know, we had no idea how much food we'd be moving around in our cars. We had no idea how long we would be doing this. I thought maybe two, three months. And here it is two years later. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I am very grateful to my husband and his friend, Kyle. Um, Kyle was the one who donated his database. Oh. Um, he owns a database business and um, he just donated it to us because when he heard from Tim that all of this used to be on Excel sheets and in my brain, <laughs> um, it, it, there was no way that we were going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think that the, all of the amount of food and then the other thing that when I really stopped to think about it, man, the fact that we've got, you know, 40 drivers, we've got a list of about 70 um, willing delivery drivers, but we've got 40 drivers that show up once a month to do this. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I feel like there's so many different facets of our community that are touched by it's like a spider web yeah it just keeps growing out the webs yeah and i also have to do a shout out to the city because the city of redmond has been absolutely amazing so supportive um the human services commission 
um, just, you know, and the school, the, the Lake Washington Schools Foundation. Um, in the very beginning, we counted on our GoFundMe campaign. Yeah. And, and we raised a lot of money in a, in a short amount of time to be able to do this. The community was so engaged. But then we realized this is taxing on the community. We have to find other ways to support this work. And so, you know, um, we did some dabbling in grant writing, and, um, and, and the city has really just been great. Hmm. We've just had, and we've had some good, good grant support. But I will tell you, it is exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of brain work. <laughs> and also, Kristen does all that. Yeah. So yep. it is a lot of, she does more than anybody knows, and she won't let us know how many <laughs> hours. But trust me, there are hundreds and hundreds of hours that yeah. she puts in. But if we didn't have the the easy support that we've had, and if we didn't have the the excellent team that we have, and then all that, the you know, it's like a it's like you throw in the what you, you skip the stone and and the ripple. There's just the ripple starts small, but it gets so wide, yeah. and it just makes it easier the more people that you have. Yeah. Draw the circle wide. There you go. <laughs> well, and if I can, you know, play my put my pastor hat on for a second when you said a few minutes ago that. Um, you know, if you if you take a breath and look at this and go, I can't believe all, all that we're doing. I, I I've often said here at RPC that it's usually those times where we look at our lives and go, Oh gosh, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. That that we're right where God wants us in the yeah. sense that we're we're relying on on God's strength and and God to move and act in in ways that that we can't anticipate. Um, and I've witnessed that amongst you guys as we've kind of looked at this room that we're sitting in and gone, is there a way we could do this? Well, I don't know, but here, let's try. Or, you know, and like you mentioned, fundraising early on, I remember it was, yeah, it was word of mouth and it was uh, GoFundMe and, and making announcements in church and, and just watching you guys kind of make it month to month has been uh, a good reminder that, uh, I'll just say it, that, that God is clearly uh, in the midst of the work that you guys are doing and, and, and making this uh, continue to thrive with a lot of your guys' hard work in, in that process. so Well, and now, Austin, we're taking another leap of faith because yeah. we're going to try that community picnic. Yeah, say more about that. Yeah, so we're doing our, our uh, what, what have I been calling it? Neighborhood community. neighborhood uh, picnic in the park. Yeah. Neighborhood picnic in the park on August 20th from 12 to 2 at Perigo Park. Um, the city of Redmond granted us $5,000 so that we could, the Redmond United Methodist Church and Redmond Presbyterian Church could partner um, and have a, a community picnic for, for everybody who in any way has touched or is touched by the food box program. So it will be our, our families, the, the 5K um, will go towards feeding the, those families. And we're asking for a suggested donation from all of our volunteers and other community supporters who would like to come um, to be paid in advance because we're not allowed to have money uh, transfer at the park. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a leap of faith because, you know, you and I have both talked, how is this going to, how is this going to work? We don't know. Are we, are, are we going to have 50 people or 500 people? We don't know, but it's sufficient the lobes. The exciting part of it, I thought is we're getting food trucks. So it's not the coolers with sandwiches. It's going to be two food trucks that will have Mexican food and Mediterranean. And Mediterranean. Yeah. So it'll be a unique one, not hamburgers or hot dogs, which yeah. is, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. Nice change. Yeah. And again, that's one more step I'm right here as we've talked about that event and planned it together. It's that um, these are our neighbors. They're not just simply 
uh, folks that receive these food boxes once a month, but they're folks who, who live in our community, who our kids go to school with, who um, who we don't have lots of opportunities to to interact with. And so we thought, might this be a chance for us to, you know, come together in a, in a, around a meal and, and just be together and have fun. No agenda, no, uh, organized things. Yeah. No strings attached, just a, a chance to, to connect and, and be together. And so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up that, yeah. that we're, we're hopeful. Uh, just as a logistics note, those of you listening to this podcast, it's possible you're hearing this after that picnic has happened. <laughs> and so we'll just, uh, sit here and assume that it went incredibly well and, uh, but, but you'll be listening to this thinking, oh, I remember going to that. It was fantastic. So, uh, but yeah, that's, sort of, that's where we're at at this point, kind of hoping and, and praying that, that, that that goes well. Um, so we're looking forward to that. So we've got a few minutes left. And, uh, and I wondered if I, I think a lot about, you know, people in your guys' shoes and you guys specifically doing this work month in and month out, day in and day out, really. And... It's easy for those of us who support you either financially or maybe with an hour or two a month of, of our time to kind of assume um, we, we know what's going on or we, we know everything there is to know based on our kind of very limited uh, perspective of, of, yeah, the food box program happens in the fellowship hall. Everything's great. What's something that you all would love for people to know um, you know, oftentimes people will ask questions like, well, well how can we help? And, and I think there's oftentimes short answers to that. You can donate, you can volunteer. Um, so anything from how can we help to, gosh, if, if I could educate people and, and help them to know one thing about what we do here, what's going on in Redmond, I'd love it if, you know, people would know, fill in the blank. What do you think? I, for myself, I was kind of taken back um, a few months ago when my friend said, there is no need in Redmond. Oh, wow. You live in Redmond. You have the money. I, you know, our our location. Well, that's that's a place we need help. Yeah. I'm going. No, there is a need in our area, um, and they were kind of surprised by my answer, as I was surprised with their comment because I'm thinking seriously. I know you people for over forty years, and this is your thought process. So it kind of woke me up of how important it is for people to understand there is a need yeah. in everybody's community, not if you're in a poor location or if you're quote in a rich area, hmm. everybody needs help somewhere along the line. What a great reminder. Yeah. That, that hunger is something that is often a very invisible need. And so, yeah, I, while those four of us sitting around this table know that hunger is a real need in our community, I can understand why someone would say really in Redmond that, yeah, that mm -hmm. makes sense. When I was first doing the men's homeless shelter meals, there were probably five men out of the 35 that were there that had said they had put everything into startups. So they were people who started out pretty good uh -huh. and everything went south on them and they had no way to feed their hmm. their families. Well, they didn't have families. They were in the men's homeless shelter. But <clears throat> that struck me as, oh, I would not have expected that. Right. They yeah. didn't fit the particular narrative that no, you might have had about how somebody finds themselves in not that place. It's helpful, helpful to complicate our worldview in that way. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Kristen? I think uh, I would encourage people to reframe something that I've, I've heard a lot, um, where people get really excited um, because they want to help people in need. And 
that I, I guess I've learned so much over over this work over the last few years is that um, I feel like like rather than saying I would like to help people in need period the period needs to go after people mm-hmm. I want to help people because we're all in need right. of something and so I just don't like the the um, the othering that comes, I don't know if that's the right term. The, the it's, it's divisive. It's, and, and people do, they, they, they have such, you know, good hearts and they're intending the very, very best. But I think sometimes we forget that our language is, is very powerful and it sends messages that, that can be harmful. And so, um, I think that that would be, you know, we don't need to call people needy. We don't need to say that they're in need right. because we're all in need. So let's put the period after people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, that's the thing I yeah. wish that, that, that I hope that people can, can learn. Yeah. I think that's, that's a powerful word and, and one that I think you guys are modeling and teaching those of us who who are around you very well in the sense as we've talked about a little bit in this conversation the ways that you are responsive to and listen to uh, the people you serve that it's not just oh they're people in need and therefore we're giving them stuff it's no they're they're people they're our neighbors they're our friends and so we're going to listen to what are the specific uh, desires and and things that that would would help them the best um and and so I guess I just want to conclude by saying thank you to you guys for uh, leading the charge, leading us uh, as a church, as a community in this work, because uh, in addition to, yes, getting to build boxes, which is strangely fun. I yeah, mean, if, you, you know, fun. It's, it's also rather Those hypnotic. Sunday mornings are a blast. Right? Yeah. Yes. I can when get... I send my little thing out, I always say, come enjoy some fun in fellowship. I'm not going to believe how much fun making boxes is. It's amazing how much time you can lose just hypnotically building cardboard boxes. But um, in addition to that, it, you guys are really, I think, teaching us uh, some important skills in, um, as you've just said, helping people, period, uh, and then attending to those needs and, and not not dehumanizing or losing sight of the fact that you know these are our, our friends and our neighbors and, and what does it mean to... To, to draw close to them. I think that's part of the work that we want to be doing as a church as we learn more about community and belonging and these things. So can I throw out one last thing? Please. Um, I think the one, the one guiding thing for me always Micah six, eight, mm-hmm. what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God? And to me, that says it all. And that is, I mean, there's a lot of food for thought in the Bible. (laughs) But to me, that just says the whole whole thing. And uh, I think if we can remember justice and mercy and humility in all things, that we're better off. Couldn't have said it better myself. We'll we'll stop it there because uh, Kristen just... Just told us the truth, um, and we're, we're we're grateful for it. Um, please know, uh, you three and 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 the team of the Food Box Program. We as a church are continuing to pray for you guys, and uh, and we will continue supporting, of course, uh, both with our our time, our talents, and our resources. And and so we're so grateful for uh, this partnership and for this work, and um, and yeah, the opportunity that it 
affords us to do uh, and to grow as people that you just described who want to do justice, love mercy, and, and walk humbly with God. So let's keep doing that together. Well, thank you for letting us share your fellowship. Thank you, RPC. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this conversation, and uh, stay tuned for more of the same.